This is the Sports Nightly Fantasy Football League Podcast. Wow, what a throw, 33 yards. Winston is hotter than a match, his ninth completion here in the first quarter. You know how I feel about stats. Really, stats are for losers. Final scores for winners. Here goes Chubb, he's going to go. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Nick Chubb. He's got a hat trick. Anybody can be beat. An 83-yard touchdown strike by the NFL MVP. You like that? You like that? Now here's your host, Ben McLaughlin. Thank you and welcome to another edition of our Sports Nightly Fantasy Football Podcast. After a a one-week hiatus, I am back. Glad to be back in the chair. The chair missed me almost as much as uh, I missed my players getting into the end zone. Uh, Tough tough day, tough, tough week for uh, Kittles and Blitz as they lose to Syriot's inside source, um, a loss that I don't know will ever be avenged, hopefully sometime in the playoffs. <clears throat> Happy to be joined this week by Josh Hilkeman, and for the first time this season, Mr. Homeland Obscurity himself, Mr. Brett Woody. Brett, say hello to the people. Yeah, and hey guys, I had to, I had to show up this week because I actually got a win last week, so I'm feeling pretty good. Well, we have some things to say because I, I listened back to last week's podcast, and oh. uh, there there were some there were some shots thrown. So I just like to respond well, to some of those. If Tim was involved in the podcast, there was there were shots fired. That's, oh, oh, that's yeah, pretty much a, well, a given. Ben, speaking of shots fired, you you should probably respond first. Did you miss last week because you were scared of facing Tim? Is that honestly you last if, week? Th- that's not why I was scared. If I was smart. Or if I was a, if I was a coward, which I'm guessing Tim's implying, I wouldn't have showed up this week, the week after oh, I lost, true. right? Yeah. I mean, that's point, true. Yeah, but yeah. here I am. I'm facing it. Um, you know, it's a long fantasy season, and rarely does a, a one regular season matchup end up determining the end, which I'm sure Tim is probably saying that it will. Uh, but you know, alas, here we are. Well, Brett, give us uh, the six week analysis of your team. This is the first time we've heard from you since the draft podcast um how are you feeling about your boys right now and how are you getting by with all of the injuries that are that are happening yeah I mean I feel like I'm kind of on a downward trend I felt really really solid about my team when I had Nick Chubb and Derrick Henry as my two as my only as like my main two running backs and now I'm rocking with Derrick Henry and uh let's see uh Latavius Murray so not exactly not exactly the same production coming out of my second running back position but I'm honestly happy with everyone in my lineup I just I think that my bench is extremely wide receiver heavy and uh, that's kind of hurt me in that running back position well there's a reason why you don't have any running backs and that's because anytime there's a running back of relevance Mick goes and picks him up. Uh, really? That so that's who's crushing me here. Okay. Yeah. Mm. If you look, uh, let me pull it up here. I, I believe his bench is basically all but like one running back um with with his with his strategy and he even he drafted a lot of running backs too. Yeah. So it's just been a constant horde of the running back position. For, for Mr. Steiner, and uh, that was a, a conscious effort. Josh, while I'm uh, efforting um, this this uh, this data here, why don't you give us an update on on last week for you and how things went for your boys? Sure. Well, I, I, I mean, it couldn't have gone much better. I took down an undefeated team, the last undefeated mm-hmm. team in the league, Josh Banderas, and I did it with, you know, I was a little bit short on uh, guys. I, I Like, I... 
I feel like I had some guys that were sitting out, and I went into the Monday Monday games. There were two Monday games with I was trailing, and Bando had three players going, and I had two. But the two I had were Kyler Murray and Travis Kelsey, and those guys just took over and got the job done. Murray with twenty nine points, and Kelsey with twenty one. So it was it was a solid week for me, and I was. I was helped out a little bit by the fact that um, Bando had Ryan Fitzpatrick as his starting quarterback, and he didn't get um, Alvin. Well, he had Alvin Kamara out of the lineup, I guess. He did make that change late, but he didn't have him playing since he was on a bye. His two running backs were just terrible, and he didn't get good weeks from Tyreek Hill or Juju Smith-Schuster. So I was helped yeah. out a little bit by some some down weeks for his guys, but uh, I'll take the Not W. apologize I, for it. No, not apologizing yeah. at all, and uh, got the job done. And I'm I'm feeling pretty good sitting at four and two now. And um, yeah, I, that that was a big swing game for me because if I had lost that one and and been sitting at three and three, I wouldn't have felt nearly as good as I do. Especially the fact that I handed Bando his first loss of the year. Definitely. Okay, so yeah, I have three it here. And three Let's be awful, huh? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> sitting on that lowly perch. Uh, let's run through a Mick mix lineup okay and count the running backs he's got david johnson kareem hunt as his starters and he also has james connor as his flex so there's three running backs right there he also has on his roster on his bench joe mixon antonio gibson tony pollard jarek mckinnon and he also has christian mccaffrey on ir so he owns like eight <laughs> running backs uh right now but it's kind of crazy to look because uh, we'll, we'll get to this in a second. Joe Mixon is out. He is not playing this yep. week, so he's forced to be on the bench. And uh, Kareem Hunt has been dealing with a bit of an injury as well. So Mick is kind of bit by the injury bug here just a little bit, as we all are. I mean, you look up and down uh, the, the lineup. I'm, and I've got Mick and Austin's matchup in front of me. Mick, no Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Austin, no Dak Prescott. Uh, Brett, you mentioned you're without Nick Chubb. I lose Saquon Barkley for the year. Um, Josh, I feel like we've talked a little bit about uh, your team in the in the injury department. It's just it's it's just trying to survive right now is all that is. It's trying to it's trying to get by and find um, find players that that can stay healthy. And um, Josh, it looks like you, you know other than Dalvin Cook, who's missed missed a couple, uh, you've done okay at the injury yes. spot. I have done okay with injuries. Tariq Cohen went on injured reserve for, pretty early in the year, but. He had played, wasn't doing very well when he went there. And he was my second running back, but really wasn't putting up very many numbers. So I wasn't that sad to see him go. And I replaced him with Miles Gaskin from Miami. And he's great been pickup. really good. For, yeah, great pickup. And the Dolphins, yeah, he's doing really well for the Dolphins. And I, he was on a bye this last week, which was actually disappointing. He had been, you know, averaging 15 or so points per game, which is solid from that second running back spot. So I actually, with Cookout and with Gaskin on a bye, I had to go pick up two running backs off the waivers or free agent uh, list. And so I went with Boston Scott and J.D. McKissick, two guys that I knew very little about. So uh, Scott for Philly last or on Thursday night, what, he scored 18. So not too bad for that pickup. And then... We'll see what McKissick does today for Washington. But, yeah, I've, I haven't been too bad in the injury department. I've kind of had a lot of turnover on my roster just because of lack of production more than anything. It's not necessarily injuries that I've had to go pick up, guys. 
Yeah, Josh, let's uh, and Brett, let's go here next. Uh, Thursday night results uh, with the pillow fight between the Eagles Oof. and the Giants. Uh, Josh, you you go out and acquire Travis Fulgham uh, from the waiver mm-hmm. wire, who I'm surprised was still hanging on this late. Um, a couple of really good performances from him. We heard from Ian Rappaport on Sports Nightly on Friday saying, yeah, that's the Eagles' best player right now. And he was cut from two teams before the season started. So you start out with a 33.5 point edge against uh, Lamar Dinkins, our fans team. Mm-hmm. Are you are you happy with where you're at? You're obviously pleased with the 18.2 from Boston Scott. You get 12.3 with Fulgham. I think he had like 40-something yards on one catch and you get three yeah. from your kicker and Gano. Are, are you are you pleased yeah. with what you've gotten I, on thursday overall i think i'm pleased I, i'm about even from where i was at my projected number i might have bumped up one point or something like that from what my projected total was obviously you would have liked to have gotten a little bit more from Gano, but that's you know i've had probably five different kickers in that spot this season so i just i'm just trying to find somebody that can be consistent there but um, yeah, definitely we'll take what Scott did and what Fulgham did. And speaking of Fulgham, going back to last week's matchup, I could have had that game or that matchup with Bando put away easily. I waited until the last second on Sunday to see if Julian Edelman was going to play. They said he was. I put him in the lineup at the flex spot instead of Fulgham. So I made that switch Ooh. last second. Fulgham put up like 19 points yeah. in the Sunday game, and Edelman had like three. And so I, that, I could have easily... I could have won that matchup even more easily. Wouldn't have had to sweat it on Monday if uh, I hadn't made that switch. But yeah, I'm I'm glad I was able to get Travis Fulgham on my team. That was a, a I'm I think it's been a good pickup so far, and hopefully they'll pay dividends going forward too. All right, other results on Thursday. We, there's a matchup this week between Austin and Mick. Austin is three and three. Mick is two and four. Uh, Mick is a <clears throat> excuse me a heavy favorite to win one thirty eight to one nineteen over the Rowboats. Um, I have to imagine Austin will be spending all day Saturday, not just getting married, but hmm. uh, getting his lineup ready for the weekend, because that's going to be very, you know, on his mind this weekend as he is, you know, now a married man. I'm sure he's now uh, getting his now wife to sit on the couch and watch fantasy yep. football all day uh, today as, as we get things going. But that matchup, Austin gets 15.2 from Greg Ward. He gets the touchdown on Thursday against the Giants. Mick picks up Eagles D and gets nine. Uh, they had a pick and two fumble recoveries. They allowed 21 points. I think both players probably happy with those productions. Guys, looking at Austin's lineup here, that his fantasy line lineup reminds me so much of his SNBL team because if you think yeah. about it, uh, we all had our own draft strategies with the Sports Nightly Baseball League and the, and the league that we did with MLB The Show, and we got to draft our own teams for that. And, like – we all went for the for the big names, uh, the stars. Brett, you had a different approach. You you got a lot of twins on your team, but tell me, look at Austin's fantasy lineup, and tell me this is not exactly how he drafted SNBL. He drafted like just those little Scrappy. obscure players that that you just would never expect to be productive. And you've got guys in his lineup like Greg Ward and James Washington and DeAndre Swift, even Matthew Stafford. Like, is this not the most Orman rowboat lineup you've ever seen? <laughs> I remember when we were drafting, just thinking to myself, and I even think I said something about just how, like, what are you doing with some of these picks? But <laughs> hey, you know, he's proven me wrong. He's he's three and three and sitting in a, a decent position at least. Yeah, it's crazy. 
the first his first overall pick being Aaron Jones. Like obviously, if you're a football fan, you know who he is, but he's not a household name by any means. Like I, no. I don't think anybody. I mean, he was he was ranked high in the fantasy football projections going into the season. So like it wasn't a bizarre pick by any means, but he. I, I still think that, that just starting with that and then you go up and down his roster, it's like, yeah, there's not really one big-time fantasy name in there, but he's been winning some games, and he's at 3-3, three and three, which is a better record than Mick, even though Mick has... I still think he has a really good team that's going to win a lot of games. And even this week, he has mm-hmm. the highest projected uh, total by far. He's projected for 138 points, which is at like 10 more than the next highest projection. So... I yeah I, I don't know who to who to pick in this matchup but Austin back to your point Austin definitely has a uh, a scrappy team it's it and you know for for Mick the the whole the whole thing reside for him resides on health like he's got guys that have been banged up all year you know DJ Chark's been in and out of the lineup DeAndre Hopkins battling injury this week Kareem Hunt battling injury this week I feel like Joe Mixon has been. Uh, limited or questionable about every week. And Christian McCaffrey, obviously the biggest one on IR. Um, let's get to the next matchup. Uh, Sir Yachts inside source and the Hickman Jackrabbits of Greg Sharp. Boys, look at the current projection of this matchup. 118.3 to 118.1. That's literally as close as it gets. I'm sure Tim is hacked off after uh, Darius Slayton puts up a whopping 4.3 against the Eagles secondary. Tim, Tim just seems to to not be able to push the right buttons sometimes with the with the manager stick, and um, I don't think he's probably happy with 4.3 from his flex. Well, I was watching the game with him on Thursday night. We were in studio for Sports Nightly on Thursday during the game. He was he was getting pretty intense watching that that Giants Eagles game. <laughs> He's like, where's Slate now? Why isn't he getting the ball? You know, like just yelling and, and going off. So you can imagine, but I, it's, it's amazing to see how tight that, that matchup can be. And you know what? Like Greg, I, I'm a little bit surprised. Greg has been uh, kind of trash talking quite a bit. Like when he's been on, he's been on once, but more so like on sports nightly, he'll, he'll get after us a little bit and talk some trash. So I that these two might be the biggest trash talkers in the league and they're going up head to head. There's a lot of bragging rights. And not only that, if, if Tim wins, he goes to five and two and you're starting to see a little bit of separation. If once you get to, once you get to that level, which nobody likes to see, especially if it's Tim at the top, um, Greg gets 10.9 from Evan Ingram would have had a, a lot more had he knows how to hold on to the football. I will say this about Greg's team. His bench is garbage. Like, his bench is is just trash. So his team, I feel like, is hanging on by a thread. If two of his guys somehow get injured, he's done. He's absolutely done. And, you know, you've got guys like James Robinson. If You know, that was a really big pickup for him. If he's not in his lineup, I don't know where he goes with running back. His only other running back on his roster is Naeem Hines. He's got Devontae Freeman, too. Yeah, Devontae Freeman. He was touting that pickup last week, and he got oh, a yeah. big he, old point eight uh, points last night. And so I tagged up Le'Veon Bell, who he dropped for him, and I feel like he's going to be more of a contributor for the Chiefs, and uh, Greg's not going to like that, drafting all Chiefs. And then he's got Jamison Crowder, who is bouncing in and out of the lineup with injuries. Um, and obviously Odell Beckham has been wildly inconsistent, too. So I feel like Greg's team's holding on by a thread. And things could get disastrous with him with a with an injury or two. Those are the only other matchups that have points from Thursday. Um, 
okay, let's kind of get into now um, where just some overall thoughts on on particular players, and we've done this a couple of times with uh, with other with other hosts of the show. Brett, let's start with you. Is there anybody on your team right now that you're really just not happy with? You expected more out of when you drafted, and maybe not borderline. Maybe they're not droppable, but you're just like, okay, if this person gets it going, or if this person. Um, you know, would figure it out. It would really take my team to the next level. I mean, I, I hate to say it because it's not necessarily his fault, but Nick Chubb, it, it, like yeah. he he put up five points in in week one, so that was a terrible start. But then he did twenty six and twenty four before getting hurt in week four, and uh, that is just that's really handicapped my team because I have a, a extremely solid team. Will Fuller's ended up. Uh, outperforming what I ever thought he was going to be able to do. and He's having a great year. Yeah, and Derrick Henry's been killing it the last few weeks. Russell Wilson's always solid. So, yeah, I don't have no complaints. Honestly, it's just Nick Chubb getting hurt, to be honest. Yeah, my, my big injuries, obviously Saquon. Losing Saquon hurts bad. Um, and I was able to, uh, to weather the storm with George Kittle uh, being injured, too. I, I had him injured for three weeks, and – Tell you what, boys, tight end and Josh and I, I think we were on the podcast one. We talked about the state of the tight end position. Yep. If you don't have mm-hmm. Kittle or Kelsey, you are really just praying for a lucky week because the tight end <laughs> position outside of those two has really not really been true. very good. Uh-huh. Yeah, no doubt. Um, one matchup I want to get into here, boys, and it's the matchup with the players, Jeremiah Searles and, and Josh Banderas. Bando Ooh. at 5-1, and one, Searles at 0-6. Oh uh, I've consulted with Jeremiah a little bit about the situation in front of him right now. And guys, he's trying. It's not like people probably listen to this he are is? going, okay, he's one of those players that are just kind of punting it away. Maybe he doesn't set his lineup or check the wire. Like you look at his oh, team and he, he went, he goes and picks up Alexander Madison after Dalvin Cook gets injured. He picks up James White after he is on his hiatus dealing with his tragedy. Like He's picking guys up and just trying to plug and play, but it's just not working right now. And I feel like Bando's probably putting forth less effort than everybody else in the league, maybe combined. And here we are, 0-6 and 5-1. and um, I guess, Brett, let's start with you. When you look at, at the two approaches, to the, like, is there any hope for Searles when you're looking at his lineup? No, not, there's no hope with his lineup. I mean, <laughs> if Tom Brady, if this was Tom Brady five, ten years ago, then then maybe he could carry that lineup. But like I said, I, I think I said a few weeks ago, it, it looks like he just, after the draft, he just went and picked up all the free agents, and that's what he made his team out of. It's uh, It's not looking good for him, and it's almost more sad to know that he is trying because when I thought he wasn't setting in his lineup, I kind of was just – it wasn't that bad. <laughs> well, and to make well, it worse, he's got 27.76 points on the bench with Carson Wentz oh, starting man. TB12 against the Raiders. And yeah, TB12's not getting that many points. So well, No. Here's here's the thing, too. I was talking, I can't remember if this was with, I think I was talking about this with Austin at some point about the, the points scored in the league. And you kind of have some different tiers um, where there's a few mm-hmm. of us that are at, at the top, a few of us are in the middle. And then at the very bottom is is Searles. He's <laughs> over a hundred points behind the number nine position. So I I mean yeah, that's that kind of just goes to show you that 
he's not he hasn't really even been competitive i think he's been close to maybe winning one or two games but he's just been blown out a bunch and it, it's one of those one of those things that just kind of spirals like you can try to pick i've been in i've been in seasons like that in fantasy football when you're you're just trying anything to get a spark to just pick up a win and it seems like no matter what you do even if you have a good week scoring wise the other team just scores more than you and and somebody on your team just doesn't doesn't perform so I've been there, and it's hard to get out of a slump when you just can't seem to put it together. Have you okay. ever started zero and six though? Yeah, that's, I think I have. I think that, I have. I, really, I don't know. I that hurts. I, it does hurt. I maybe not zero and six, but I feel like I've had a you know like a one and oh, yeah. five start. I'm trying or to think. Like yeah, that, mine so. probably has to be like zero and four. That other because then I just give up and don't even look. So I wouldn't even know. Okay, boys, something that I've been waiting to do on this podcast until we get a little bit into the season, I want to start slowly doing a draft recap um, each week. So we'll look at a, a particular section of the draft and just kind of analyze overperformers, underperformers, question marks, and of course, the big one, the injuries uh, of how things went. And uh, we're obviously not going to get, we're not going to talk about all 16 rounds of the draft, but I feel like any anybody that listens to fantasy football podcasts or watches stuff on YouTube, it's all uh, pro- projectional stuff. There's not really any like accountability for what people say or think. You know what I mean? Before the draft starts, everybody's an expert until fantasy starts or before the games actually happen. But when you go back and actually look at it, who was right, who was wrong, who was unlucky, who was lucky, I think is really interesting. So we'll, let's spend a few minutes here talking about the first three rounds of our fantasy draft and, and just kind of how, how these players have shaken out. And one really interesting thing, particularly with the first round is, is all injuries, right? First overall Mm -hmm. pick Christian McCaffrey injured. Second overall pick Saquon Barkley injured. Uh, Dalvin cook sixth overall pick. He has missed at least one week. Um, Michael Thomas, ninth overall pick. <laughs> Poor Jeremiah. Uh, ninth overall pick. He's missed multiple weeks. Uh, hasn't played a full game yet. So we have at least 40%, guys, of the first round that are, that are either out for the season or have missed significant time to injury. And That's you crazy. can see how it's hurt those teams, which is not having those first-round players, mine included, without Saquon. Yeah, I and probably the... The best picks, like if, if you look at that, like the highest pick that's been really good so far is either Kamara with Bando, which makes sense because Bando's had a good season, and then Aaron Jones with Austin, and we talked about that pick earlier. So those are the best ones, and you're right, though. Like the, the you with Saquon Barkley, that was a huge I, – I, I knew when that happened, like that was a – that's tough when your your top pick goes down with an injury like that. That's hard. And then obviously McCaffrey's was – far and away the the best player to go with with number one overall and Mick took him and I and that's one of the reasons I I I still think he has an amazing team outside of that but if he had McCaffrey playing for him right now like he would I think he would be easily the best most dangerous team in the league so yeah there's no doubt there have been some guys and thankfully for me Dalvin Cook like I don't think his injury is going to hurt me too much like I've had to kind of work around it and manage it but it hasn't it hasn't been something that I've been too worried about. And when he has been healthy, he's been putting up pretty big points. Big points. And I think that logic could even be applied to the second round, right? Devontae Adams has missed a lot of the year. Uh, Julio Jones has been in and out of the lineup 
for Suriat's inside source. Chris Godwin for Brett has been dealing Ugh. with the concussion, and was it a hamstring? He's been dealing with something as well. Austin, <laughs> Austin had Austin Eckler, who was on the IR with an injury, and Joe Mixon is – so how about that, guys? Mick this week will be without his top two picks in Christian McCaffrey and Joe Mixon. That's crazy. Wow. And he's still projected 138 yeah, points. still going to win probably. That's so, crazy. I mean, it's – it truly has been just kind of luck with those with those first two rounds because there's been a lot of guys that have been injured. And, Brett, I guess this applies to you with your third-round pick and Nick Chubb. But here's where I start to feel like you can get, you can get some separation with just who you select. Juju Smith-Schuster has been an abomination. He's been, I think he's been held under 40 yards three straight weeks for the Steelers. Um, and then you go get a guy like Adam Thielen, Josh Pick's, um, what, four picks later – and has been killing it. So now we're starting mm-hmm. to get the separation of the draft strategy here in round three. And I think this is where you start to see, you know, the teams distance themselves or at least, um, you know, for, for the players that are that are in the bottom of the standings, their drafts really start to fall apart. Yeah, I think we can agree that Juju Smith-Schuster Smith hasn't been himself since Antonio Brown left the Steelers. He just yes. has not kind of been been the 2017 2018 version that we saw been crazy so yeah i mean starting to get through the draft recap and i think that's going to be what a lot of people remember um are the are the the first three rounds in particular specifically the first two just crucified by and not just like a twisted ankle and he's out for a week we're talking ir type injuries for a lot of these players and it's just been uh this maybe has been the most detrimental year that I can ever remember in fantasy, at least in terms of the top end elite players getting mm-hmm. injured. Um, okay. This week, uh, Brett, we, we kind of been doing this. I know you've checked out some of the podcasts before any guys that you're considering uh, start or sit that you're debating uh, who to put in, who to not put in, or is your lineup pretty much set ready to go? No, I'm, actually, I'm playing you this weekend, by the week, by the way. Yeah. So I'm, I'm actually, you can give me some tips if you want. Um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm wondering who to put in if Chris Godwin is out because he's currently questionable, um, which he is every week, so that's fun. Um, but <laughs> the good news is half of my bench, or, or actually 75% of my bench is wide receivers that are all averaging over 10 points about. So I've got Tyler Lockett, C.D. Lamb, and Henry Ruggs the third all sitting on the bench, and Larry Fitzgerald, who's going up against the worst pass defense in the league. Yeah, I mean, I feel like those are all pretty good options. I don't know that... Tyler Lockett's had some big weeks, and you've seen CeeDee Lamb jump right over Michael Gallup in Dallas. There's some frustrated Michael Gallup (laughs) owners around fantasy football this year. He was projected as a high pick and has just absolutely Mm -hmm. been a huge disappointment. Dropped a touchdown pass last week. Josh, what about you? Oh, sorry, Brett. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say I'm worried about CD's production going forward with uh, mm-hmm. the change in quarterback. Yeah, the, the Red yeah. Rocket. I don't know that he's uh, he's going to be the answer in Dallas, yeah. especially after that that I joke so. of a game against Arizona on on Monday night. Yeah. Yikes. Josh, what about you? Start or sit questions, or are you set to go? I'm pretty much set because here's the deal. I have four different players on my bench that are on a bye. So I, I, I had to go find people to put in the lineup. The 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 – three guys on my bench that could play are Julian Edelman. I'm not going to play him because um, I've got Calvin Ridley and DK Metcalf playing today and I already went with Travis Fulgham in my flex. And then I've got Joe Burrow. I'm not going to start him over Kyler Murray. And my other guy is Johnny Smith, a tight end, and he's my backup. So I'm not going to start him over Kelsey. So no, I do not have any starter sit situations. 
my starter sit situation is dire this week because I've got I've got some really tough decisions to make. I've got lower end players against terrible defenses and guys like Terry McLaurin. I'm talking specifically receiver here. Terry McLaurin against Dallas, who, you know, we all know how bad they've been. And T. Higgins against Cleveland. And T. Higgins has been very solid uh, in recent weeks for the Bengals, especially with Joe Mixon out. That could open the door. Um, but I also have another Cincinnati wide receiver in Tyler Boyd, who's just – he's not – he doesn't have the upside as T. Higgins, but I think his, he's got a higher floor, meaning he's going to get five catches for at least 40 yards, but – um, I don't know that he can go much higher than that. And then my, my other best receiver, two best receivers are A.J. Brown and Keenan Allen, who are both questionable and bo- both going up against decent defenses. A.J. Brown going up against a good Pittsburgh defense. And then Keenan Allen has been dealing with a back issue. So I've got like re- A.J. Brown and Keenan Allen are both better receivers than Terry McLaurin and T. Higgins. I just don't know if I want to go with the lesser guys against bad defenses or the, the guys mm-hmm. that are better uh, who are both questionable against better defenses. So that could, that could end up costing me in the end. I don't know what to yeah, do. Well, well, I'm saying this with just absolutely no bias at all, but I think you should put just the most risky players in there and just, you know, see where it goes. <laughs> the most 50-50 players to even play out there? Yeah, th- or, if this says questionable or doubtful, then go for it, you know? Love I was going to say, maybe Brett, Brett's probably thinking you should just leave the spot empty and just risk it and see if you can get points out of uh, everybody else, you know? Yeah, show it. me that you can beat me with only eight players. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Um, <laughs> I am projected to win against Brett, but it's it's not by very much, by about 10 points or so. Um, okay, this is uh, before we wrap up here, gents. Let's do, uh, let's do a, a, a prediction of highest score. This is week uh, seven, so that makes us – 0 for 18 and yes. uh, and picking picking the highest score of the week. <laughs> of course, last week, uh, Derek Henry ran away with it, literally, uh, with just a monster effort on the ground. So, Josh, let's start with you. Projections, predictions for highest score of the week. You know what? I'm going to pull a Tim. I think, I think every time I've been on here, not every time, but a lot of times that I've been on here, I've picked my own guy, which is something that I think Tim does every time, too. I'm going to go with Kyler Murray. He had a great game on Monday night, almost 29 points. So he's playing well and the matchup I think favors him as well. So, um, I, he's the second highest, actually, I'm just looking now. He's the second highest projected behind Josh Allen for this week. So I think things are, are looking good for him and I'm, I'm going to be, I'm hoping that he, he actually does do that and, and he's the highest score. Brett. Um, yeah, I'm, instead of going with one of my own players, I'll go with actually one of Tim's players. I think it's going to be Deshaun Watson coming off of, mm. he's coming off of a week scoring 32 points, throwing for four touchdowns and he's, they're going up the, against the Packers this week and it's going into a bye week. So I just think there's going to be a little bit extra motivation maybe to end this uh, little half period of the season on a good note and Green Bay's defense also doesn't impress me uh, in the secondary. Does not impress in any way, shape, or form. So uh, looking forward to seeing how that matchup goes. Um, boy, I'm really struggling here to, to pick. I mean, the top-end guys really aren't doing it for me. You know, like uh, Josh Allen, not really moving the needle for me. Russell Wilson, um, I think, has a chance. But he's, he, like I said, going up against a good defense against Arizona. Alvin Kamara's going up against a good defense. Uh, I know I'm not picking Zeke ever because the Cowboys are going to have to throw it 50 <laughs> times a game to win. 
The Chiefs I'm not really loving either because the weather's going to be so bad in Denver. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, boy, yeah, I, I thought about Mahomes. Mahomes was another pick, but I just didn't – yeah, I didn't love the, the weather factor. I might just have to go, like, outside the box and pick somebody that, um, you know, that maybe isn't isn't necessarily – like just a, a go-to threat. Give me, give me a wild card. Give me somebody like, I'll go, I'll go off the cuff here and say Mike Davis for the Carolina Panthers. I think he's on my roster in this league, uh, which doesn't leave he me is. very optimistic. Uh, but I'll go off, off the cuff here and say Mike Davis, just because I think the, um, obviously the, the Saints defense is, is, is solid. It's okay. They're susceptible, especially to the running backs, but I'm just not loving the matchups. Um, against anybody either so somebody's got to get one right at some point we still haven't decided what the winner gets we've all had at least one guy I've had by far the most guesses at this doing this every, every week but one <laughs> but yeah we're just we're, we're putrid 0 for 18 so somebody's got to get one correct at one point all right gents before we sign off final thoughts Brett what do you uh what are you hoping to see later today from your team other than a win um just to put up a competitive fight, I'm honestly not feeling too confident just looking at your your team and your matchups that you have going. You've got a lot of boomer bust guys, and, and the matchups that they have are pretty easy, so I think it's going to be a pretty good week for your team, whereas for me, I'm, I'm relying on Latavius Murray to be my second running back, and that's losing me 20 points, so... <laughs> I love Not it. Hey, feeling too confident. Uh, we did. Uh, we did get an update that Emmanuel Sanders for the Saints will not play today too. So that could, who knows, that could leave the door open to more receptions for Latavius. Josh, what about you? Who's your uh, final thoughts here? Yeah, my final thoughts are I, I'm I'm hoping that I can can get kind of lucky again. I feel like I got lucky last week when I beat Bando, but um, I I just want to make it through this week and, and get a win. If I can get a win with all the guys that I have on a bye this week, then I'll feel pretty good about my chances to to you know get some separation in in our division. Um, that I'm in with I think you Ben and Mick and Greg maybe is that who's all in ours? That division? sounds but, right. Yeah, uh, sounds but anyway, right. I I'm hoping that I can and I think maybe even is Tim in our division too. I can't remember, but no, he's he's another one. Okay, but anyway, I'm hoping that I can get some some separation by winning this week, and then I'll be full strength going forward, and um, won't have to have any more bye weeks like this with, with having four guys out. So that's all. I'm 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 just hoping to get a little bit lucky here this week. I, I, my my whole my final thought is I just got to find a way to get it done. Like if if it's a 68 to 65 win, that's fine. If it's a Ooh. 190 to 186 win, that's fine. Just I just got to find a way to get it done. I mean, I, I, I've i lost a couple of close weeks in a row where my teams perform pretty well. I don't care if it's ugly, pretty, somewhere in the middle. <laughs> just got to get a win. I got to get above 500 and, uh, and, get, and penetrate Homeland Obscurity. That's what I got to do. Just get through <laughs> it and, and get it done. Um, gentlemen, thank you. Brett, it was, it was great hearing you, and uh, we wish you the best of luck after this week. I don't wish you luck this week, but after this week, we wish you the best of luck and yeah. uh, until you join us again. Yeah, hey, thanks for having me on. Josh, best of luck to your boys. Hopefully uh, hopefully you can get it done. Who are you playing this Appreciate week anyway? It. I'm playing our fan, Lamar. So. Oh, Lamar. Okay, very good. Yep. All right, thank you to, uh, to Josh and to Brett. Thanks to Tim for producing. Thanks to all you for listening. Hopefully everybody on your team stays healthy, performs well. We'll talk to you next week on the Sports Nightly Fantasy Football Podcast. Have a great weekend.